Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Praise God. Very good morning to all of you that are worshipping this morning with us here in the service and for those that are joining us online, greetings in Jesus' mighty name. We have come to the last Sunday of this year and God has been good to us. Amen. It is, uh, it's been good that we, can, we are alive and well in the land of the living, serving God. Uh, much has happened over the last uh, couple of years, but 2021 indeed has been a year of rest and refreshing in the presence of God. God's been restoring and refreshing and strengthening many people. So um, a Merry Christmas uh, to all of you that have once again that have gathered this morning and those of you online. I know in this season you have probably had a wonderful time yesterday with friends and family. And I believe God has got a beautiful uh, year end. Uh, we're taking time out as a ministry leaders team to take time in prayer and, and hear from God and preparing for 2022. Because uh, as long as we have life in us, amen, God has got work to do in and through us. Hallelujah. This day I want to share from a scripture uh, that everybody is very familiar with. And the Bible says, he shall be called Emmanuel. God is with us. As we look at this time, you know, we think about when this word Emmanuel is often associated with the Christmas season. We remember this word that he shall be called Emmanuel uh, almost, if you may, almost every Christmas season. You'll see it on the cards, you'll see it in the greetings and all of that. You know, December 25th is commonly celebrated around the world as the day of the Lord's birth. But nevertheless, the Bible is not clear about the day he was born. And uh, we're not really clear, but one thing we know History records that 2,000 years ago, Jesus, the Son of God, came incarnate as a man, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, and came to this earth. It was, it was announced by the prophet Isaiah, two, uh, 800 years before the coming of Jesus Christ, that a virgin was going to have a baby. That's what, that is there in Isaiah, chapter 7 and verse 14. The Bible says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and his name and, his, and shall call his name Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel is again, you know, is so, con- so connected to this Christmas story. It's a wonderful story about human being, a, a person that God coming in the form of man. That God would love us so much that he would send his son Jesus to be born of a virgin as a baby. And that God would trust his son in the hands of a frail woman. To be born of a frail woman and, and a child who can't take care of himself. To be trusted in the hands of fallen humankind. It's a beautiful story of God beginning to... God, God caring for the world so much that God would send his son for us. That, that he would become like you and me. So that he can make us to become like him. That God would love us so much that he would become like us. That we, he can make us like him. There's a common saying that goes like this. That the son of God became the son of man. That he might make us the sons of men into the sons of God. Matthew's gospel chapter 1 verse 23 says like this. Behold, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they shall call him Emmanuel. Which is translated, God is with us. You know, the Christian story is is sandwiched between two impossibilities. One is the virgin womb, 
And the other is the empty tomb. Between the virgin womb and the empty tomb lies a story in history so powerful that people would give their lives for it. That people would walk with God in such a way that it can change their eternities forever. The people that have never known God, that have walked away from God, in this Christmas story, holds the gospel power to transform our lives forever and ever. It all began in the Garden of Eden. You know the story when Adam and Eve, they, they were created in the image of God. And, they, and, and, and the Bible says that God had blessed them and said, be multiply, be fruitful, fill the earth. And then Eve and Adam, between themselves, discussed, and they felt in their heart one day that they want to, because they've been speaking with Satan, they want to eat of the fruit that God had said, don't eat from. And they went ahead and they rebelled against God. When they rebelled against God, God could now no longer allow them to represent his heart. God could no longer allow them to represent his mandate, his mission. And therefore, God had to ask them to leave the garden until a fulfillment of time. God had to ask them to leave his presence until the fulfillment of time. See, God has, God's, it's not that when God was announcing Emmanuel, God with us, that God was absent from the universe. God was there. God is present. But nevertheless, God had to now engage in the lives of people. God wanted to engage as a personal God. As a God who knows what you and I are going through. A God who wants to engage in, in, a, in a present way. A God of the now in your life. Not a God who was there in your life 20 years ago. Not a God who, who encountered you 15 years ago. But a God today, now, who wants to reach out to you. A God now who wants to fill you with his love. A God now who wants to do miracles for you. I believe God is our ever-present help. In time of need. When you look in the scriptures. You look at the storyline of the scriptures. A very interesting storyline. Isaiah chapter 7. We see from verse 1 to 16. We see this particular storyline. Where Jesus. Where the word of God prophesies the coming of Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 7. And verse 1 to 16. It was a time where in the kingdom of Judah. There was a king called Ahaz. And Ahaz was a wicked king. He was a rebellious king. And it was a time where there was rebellion, there was sin, there was all kinds of wickedness. Let's look at that story, Isaiah 7, verse 1 onwards. It says, Now it came about, in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the king of Judah. That is, Uzziah was a golden age from there, and went further down to Jotham, Ahaz, the, that resin, the king of Aram, and Pekah, the son of Ramelia, the king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it. So, there are two kingdoms coming to fight against Judah. They went against Jerusalem, but they could not conquer it. When it was reported to the house of David saying, the Armenians have camped in Ephraim, his heart and the hearts of the people shook as trees shook in the wind. The people of Judah were frightened. They were shaking. You and I know those, some of those days in our life when we're shaking with fear. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to happen. We're afraid. And now the Lord said to Isaiah, the prophet, it's beautiful. In times like this, God sends his prophet with a word from God. And God said to Isaiah, his prophet, go out to now to meet Ahaz. You and your son shared Jashub at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to Fuller's Field and say to him, take care and be calm. 
Have no fear and do not be faint-hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands. And on account of the fierce anger of Razin and Aram, the sons of Remelia, because Aram with Ephraim and the sons of Remelia has planned evil against you, saying, let us go up to Judah and terrorize it and make for ourselves a breach in its walls and set up the son of Tabil as king in its midst. God is literally prophesying what the kings of Aram are planning. He's even telling Ahaz about who they are planning to make king next after him. Let's make Tabil king after him. That's amazing that God would, what the kings of Aram are speaking in their bedroom, God is telling King Ahaz through Isaiah prophetically. And then God says, he says, and, and says the Lord God, it shall not stand and it shall not come to pass. God is literally telling Ahaz, I am going to see to it that it shall not come to pass. I'm going to look at it. But for the head of Aram is Damascus, head of Damascus resin. And it goes on, he says that, and, 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 and the Lord spoke again to Ahaz saying, ask for a sign. God is telling Ahaz, can you ask me for a sign? I want a, I want, I want a sign. I want to, uh, and he says, ask anything. Ask anything if you can ask under the sun and I'll give it to you. Under the heavens. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, now listen, O house of David. Is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men? That you will try the patience of my God as well? Now God was saying, Ahaz, I have asked you for a sign. And you are not even asking me for a sign. Now because you are not asking me for a sign... I'm going to tell you, you are going to be destroyed and taken away by the Armenians. But I am going to give you a sign. Hallelujah. And that sign is that a virgin is going to have a baby. What is the connection? You've got to understand, Judah is going to be taken away to captivity by the Armenians. They're going to be taken away. And God is saying, I'm going to give you a prophetic sign. 800 years from today, that a virgin is going to give birth to a son. And he is going to be the deliverer of Israel. He is going to be the savior of the whole world. Hallelujah. When Ahaz did not want a sign, when they rejected a sign for their deliverance, God is saying, if you don't want that, that I am going to give you a sign. And that sign is not given for Ahaz because he didn't live to see the sign. That sign was given for you and me who today have lived to see that a virgin gave birth to a child. It's an impossibility that a virgin would give birth to a child. But it is a possibility with God. That which is impossible with man is possible with God. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? It is possible with God in your life and my life. God offered Ahab a choice but he just couldn't trust God. That God could protect him from being defeated. And he reminded, God warned him. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 9. God is warning Ahaz and saying, If you don't believe, you need to stand firm in your faith. If you don't believe, you will not stand at all. God is warning him. And God knew Ahaz was not willing to stand in boldness and in faith. But 800 years went by. The Armenians had taken Judah away to ca- in captivity. Babylon had taken Judah in captivity. And now all these situations are, are coming all around. At that time, once again, the angels are coming and announcing what the Isaiah the prophet had prophesied. Matthew's Gospel chapter 1 
And in verse 23, the Bible is prophesying about, a, about this whole thing again. That unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Hallelujah. Do you know what an amazing thing it would be 800 years later for the prophecy of Isaiah to be retold again unto the people of Israel. What a powerful thing it might be. Many of us are familiar with that Christmas story. How the angels came and foretold about the coming of the Lord. The Bible, you know, talks about how the Mary was carrying a baby. And Joseph and Mary, they had to literally run away to Egypt. And run away from the danger. Because they were now carrying in their arms the son of the living God. He was going to become great. What started with an unthinkable act by Adam and Eve, which was an act of rebellion. God had prophesied, saying, you are driven out of the presence of God, but days are coming where God is going to be with you. God is going to be among you. God is going to be ever present in your midst. God is going to be in your heart. He's going to make you the temple of the Holy Spirit. What began as an unthinkable act through Adam and Eve. Today God is with us. Why is God with us today? God is with us today because of an unrelenting heart of love. God is with us. God is with you and with me today. Because he is relentless with his love. He is relentless coming after us. He could have given up in the Garden of Eden. He could have destroyed everything and started away. But God has an unrelentless love for you and me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God has an unrelenting heart of love for us. Why is God with us today? Why is Emmanuel? Why is he there with us today? Because God came up with an impossible plan. Hallelujah. That which was not possible by man, God had to do. He came up with an impossible plan of a virgin womb. And an empty tomb. That a virgin would give birth to a child. And that God was going to resurrect Jesus from the dead. God came up with an impossible plan. Why is God with us today? Because God was willing. Jesus was willing to go to unexplainable pain. God was willing to go through it. He cried out to the father and said. Father if it's possible. Take this cup of suffering away from me. But then he said, but Lord, not my will, your will be done. Why is God with us today? Because he chose to go through unexplainable pain. Why is God with us today? Because he was willing to pay an, a sacrificial price, an unpayable price, something that you and I could not pay. Jesus was willing to pay an unpayable price by suffering and death, even death on a cross. He was willing to pay that price. Why is God with us today? Because of his unstoppable power. That the Holy Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Today the same Holy Spirit is there with you and me. Hallelujah. That we can live an overcoming life. We can live more than conquerors. Through Christ who strengthens us. We can live a, a powerful life. A spirit filled life. We can live a life anointed by the Holy Spirit. Why did God come today into your life and my life? Because God wants us to live as overcomers. As, as we're coming to the end of the year, and this Christmas season, when we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, 
I want you to know what began on the Christmas season. There were many acts of overcoming. Mary and Joseph had to overcome rejection from their family. They had to overcome shame that came because of carrying an illegitimate child according to the world. They had to overcome threats and persecution because they had to flee away from King Herod. They had to overcome fears in their heart of an uncertain future. They had to overcome, you know, doubts of prophetic word. They had to overcome confusions that came from an angel announcing an unexpected birth. They overcame all of that. The coming, the season of Christmas was one of overcoming. And I know we've been through a, a, a year that has gone by with many, many challenges. God wants to make you an overcomer, hallelujah, in and through the Holy Spirit that God is filling your life with. Why does, did God want to be with us? God wanted to be with us because we are His precious treasure. I want you to know you are God's treasure. You may feel in your heart nobody loves me, but the truth is you are God's treasure. The Bible talks about a man. He said, the kingdom of God is like unto a man who found a treasure hidden in a field. And then he went and sold everything he had and came back and bought that field. Because he found that treasure in the field. You and I were God's treasure hidden in the field that he gave his life for our salvation. That Jesus would give his life because he loves you. That he took your place. That he took your place that God would do that. You see, sometimes, you know, it, it's so hard for us to give our place away. It's so hard to give our place away because we love the, we, the comforts of having a place like that. Or, or being in a place of comfort. But Jesus gave his place away and came and took our place on the cross. He came to take away the sin of the world. Why did Jesus come? That we might know Him. That we might know the Father in a very, very intimate way. The Father sent Jesus. Jesus didn't come because He felt like coming. Jesus didn't die on the cross because He felt like He came because He wanted to reveal the Father. The Father sent Him. Why? So that we might live. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 9, that we, in Him we have found life. The Son of God came because He wanted you to have life. And not just any life, John 10, 10 says that you might have life and you might have abundant life. Uh, many, many times I've seen born again Christians living short of God's intended plan for their life. God has called you not just for life, but for abundant life, a spirit-filled life, an exciting life. And I think it's, it's, it's not cool to live a life that is anything less than the best that God has for you and me. Hallelujah. Any child of God that walks in the Spirit, lives in the Spirit, is filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Any such child of God can live a life that is so abundant. He came to give us abundant life. And then the Bible says, why did He come? He came so that He can destroy the works of the enemy. First John 3, 8 says that. The Son of Man was revealed that He can destroy the works of the enemy. Whatever the devil is trying to do in your life and my life, God wants to destroy that work of the devil. And I want you to be encouraged that God is for you. That God is not leaving you alone. He is Emmanuel. God is with us. When I look back at my life, and I'm sure when you look back at yours, when you turn back and see the moments of your life, you know that God has been with you. God has not left you and God has not forsaken you. Some of you have gone through a very hard year. Some of you have 
had difficult times. You lost your jobs. Some of you have maybe had loss in the family. Some of you have had financial losses, pain, shame, challenges. But God has been with you. God has been with you and God has been with me. When he promised, when he said, Emmanuel, a virgin shall give birth and his name shall be called Emmanuel. He's literally saying, the, the, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. Of course, the angel said he shall be called Jesus. Jesus means Yahweh is my salvation or God is my savior, my salvation. That, but, but prophesying in Isaiah, he was saying that God, how was he going to be a salvation? By coming among us. Living among us, dying on the cross, rising from the dead, and then coming to live in you and me, every one of us that receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. A God that has been near. A God is with us, with me and with you. God was with me as I look back when I was living in sin. When you were living in sin, God was with us. When we didn't have a Savior, the Bible says, when we were lost, when we were empty, when we were broken. Romans 5.8 says, For God demonstrated His love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. This is the beauty of the gospel. That God with us, when nobody would even do anything to get us saved, God went out of His way to give us salvation. For God so loved the world. That's you and me. That he gave his only begotten son. That if any one of us should believe in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. We know that God has been with us while we were living in sin. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says, But God being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions. I don't know, sometimes, you know, we forget, we lose sight of what it was like before we knew God. We sometimes lose sight. The Bible says, even though we were dead in our transgression, in our wrongdoings, He made us alive together with Him in Christ. By grace, you've been saved. It's a powerful truth that God was with us even when we were lost in our sin, that God would come after us. Not only that God has been with us, as I look back, God has been there in my life in places of weaknesses. In times where we felt weak, we don't know, I don't know how I'm going to go across this day. There have been days of our life, we don't know how we're going to make it through the day. I'm sure there are times you have wept on your bed, you've sought God and wondered, God, how will we come through this? I want to tell you today, God is with you. Don't be afraid, God is with you. But God is for you, God wants to stand with you, God loves you. God is with you. And, I, I, and, and there are times I've wondered in our weaknesses, God, there may have been, you know, some of you may be struggling with areas of sin in your life. And you've been thinking, Lord, I'm trying to overcome. How do I overcome? I want to tell you, God is with you. It's not by our strength. But the Bible says it's by His Holy Spirit. But how do we get the Holy Spirit anointing and strength? The more we walk with Him, that's the more we know Him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it says, As we behold Him as in a mirror, then we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. It's actually the time with God that brings the change in our circumstances, in our lives. Whatever circumstance you and I are going through, I want you to know, in our weaknesses, in our weaknesses, some of you are feeling weakness with your temper, some of you are feeling weak in your ability to radically obey God. 
Some of you are feeling weak in your circumstances in your home. Some of you are feeling weak in your emotions. I want you to know today, God is with you. He is Emmanuel. Our God is with you. He's not leaving you alone. As you come to the end of the year, God is there. Paul one day cried out to God, 2 Corinthians, and you know, chapter 12, verse 9, the storyline, the Bible, verse 7 onwards, it, Paul is saying, because of the extraordinary greatness of revelation, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, I was given to me a thorn in the flesh. I don't know how many of you have ever had a thorn in the flesh or a small prick of a wooden piece gets inside your, your, your finger or something like that, and then you take a needle or a nail and you're trying to take it out, and you try so hard, it just doesn't go. And Paul is bringing that imagery and he's saying, that's what I felt like. I'm trying to get it out, but it's just not going. It's a thorn in the flesh. If it presses, it hurts, but I'm not able to take it out. And Paul is saying that because of my extraordinary greatness of miracle or revelation, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep from exalting myself concerning this. I pleaded with the Lord three times. Paul is saying, I asked the Lord again and again and again that it might leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, when you go through weakness, I want you to know what you need is not a deliverance from weakness alone. What you and I often need is a strength to be overcomers in this time of weakness. Do you know Jesus also prayed this prayer? He said, Father, if it's possible, take it away. Every one of us goes through these moments of weakness, through these difficult times. Not only is God there in our sin and in our weakness, God, Emmanuel, God is with you even in your times of your need. Over the last 25 years, this is the 25th year of me being in full time serving God. As I look back over the last 25 years, I've seen how God has put food on the table, clothes on my back, has helped us pay our bills, has given us honor in the land. And I'm sure you have stories. Over the last many years of you walking with God, God has walked with you. You've seen how God has supplied your needs, how God has met you. When you trusted God, God has entrusted things with you. When you have looked unto the Lord, He has honored you, stood by you, He's walked with you. How God is your ever-present help in time of need. Our God is a God that meets you. The only thing He says is don't fall in love with money. Hebrews 13.5 says, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money. Being content with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Today you may be in a place of need, especially some of you that have maybe lost your jobs, or maybe you're going through a financial crisis, or business is not doing so well. I want you to know prophetically, God is saying, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. By my mighty hand, I will hold you up, says the Lord. God wants you to know He's going to hold you. He's going to walk with you. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to be your ever-present help in time of need because He's Emmanuel. He's God with you. He's not just a God far away. He's a God who is with you. And that's why Jesus came proclaiming the, God, the kingdom message in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, when He said, look at the lilies in the field. Look at the birds in the sky. They neither reap nor harvest. But not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed as beautiful as one of them. And he said, how much more important are you to God today? 
People of God, I want you to know you're so important to God. Young and old, you are so important to God. God is your ever-present help in all your time of need. And then he goes on to say, but you seek first his kingdom. And you seek his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. I'm amazed at the way God has been so good to me and my home. There are times we, Hannah and I, we, we struggle to find a wonder where will the money come from to pay a particular fee uh, in college. And, 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 and we sought the Lord. It's not that God has failed us. God has never failed us. It's just that we had to stand back and wait to see how God was going to come through. In your circumstance of need today, I want you also to stand back and behold the salvation of the Lord. Stand back and know that God is your ever-present help in time of need. Philippians 4, it talks about, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything make your prayer and supplication known unto God, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall fill your heart and mind. You know, God is teaching us contentment on one side, and yet teaching us trust on the other. There is nothing so powerful as learning contentment on one side, and learning trust, walking in trust on the other. God has not only been with you in your time of need, but I want you to know He's Emmanuel, God with you in your times of pain and trial, in your times of challenging circumstances that you're going through. Every one of us has gone through pain. We've gone through challenges. We've gone through emotional circumstances, highs and lows. We felt rejected. But I want you to know as I look back in my life, as I look back, I've been rejected by people, by leaders, I've been misunderstood. We've gone through loss. We've gone through unanswered prayer. But even in those moments, we have seen God has been with us. Sometimes we wonder, can God be with us in an unanswered prayer? Indeed. God can be with us in an unanswered prayer. Some people, I'm sure, when Israel was being taken into Babylon as, in, as captivity, I'm sure some godly among them prayed. Daniel and his friends were godly. And yet they were taken captive. I'm sure they would have prayed and said, God, why didn't you answer this prayer? Little did Daniel and his friends know. As a result of them being taken captive to Babylon and them seeking God, God was going to raise them. They'd be thrown in the fire. Bring them out. They'd be thrown in a lion's den. Bring them out. And finally make them the governor of the land. That the emperor of Babylon would say, from this day onwards, the God of Daniel shall be the God of Babylon. Hallelujah. When there is unanswered prayer, God has still got a plan. Hallelujah. That we can, through that circumstance, even through our rejection. I'm sure you, you've been through rejection. You've been through pain. Some of you felt nobody loves me. Nobody's there for me. Nobody's there when I need them most. The Bible says in Psalm, 100 and, uh, Psalm 27 and verse 10. Oh, what a precious word. Psalm 27 and verse 10. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Hallelujah. My father and mother have forsaken me. Joseph would have felt like that when he was sold away by his brothers. He would have wondered years, when he was 13 years in prison, he would have wondered, why is God not answering? Why is God not answering? Unanswered prayer. Why is my father not coming looking for me? You know, he felt his father and his mother forsook him. But the Lord has taken me up. Have you felt like that? 
that nobody is there, nobody has called you, nobody has said anything good to you. I want you to know God is with you. He's Emmanuel. God is with you at this time. Joseph, in fact, he goes the 13 years in prison and then God picks him up and puts him as the prince in Egypt to stand up in a place next to Pharaoh as the governor in the land. And Joseph goes ahead and names his two children. One, Manasseh, and the other one, Ephraim. When he looks at Manasseh, he says, why Manasseh? He says, because God has caused me to forget my pain. He went through many years of pain, but he also knew that God had caused him to come to a place to forget his pain. And he names the second one Ephraim. Why Ephraim? He said, because God has made me fruitful in the land of my pain. This was the land of his pain. He was sold in slavery. He, was a, he did not know what the future held, but he said, God has brought me to a place of fruitfulness. Hallelujah. People of God, I want you to know, no matter what you're going through, if God is with you, God is for you, Emmanuel, God is with us, then no matter what pain you're going through, God is going to bring you through that. Not only is he going to be with you in times of pain, He's going to be in, with you in times of your fears. Every one of us has fears. For the little ones, you have fears of exams. Some of us that are growing up or maybe looking out for our careers and all of that, they have fear of the future. What will be my future like? Will anybody marry me? What is going to be my financial circumstances? Some of us that are going through this difficult economic downturn, may be wondering, what about my future? What's going to happen to my job, my, my business? Many people have a fear of future. Many have the fear of obedience. If I obey, what will happen to me? Can I pay the price? Will I be able to make it through? Some have the fear of failure. If I try to obey God and I fail, what will people think about me? What's going to happen to my life if I am going to have to obey God? Some people fear lack. Some fear men. What will people say about me? They're so conscious about what people are thinking about me or what people have to say about me. There's a conscious, there's a fear. And yet some are fearing death. What will happen if our loved ones die? Or what happens if I die? What will happen? Every one of us struggles with fear. And I want you to know on this day, God is speaking a word to you. Psalm 118 and verse 6. The Lord is with me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Even though, that's what David said as in the, the psalmist, he said in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. People of God, I want you to know God is with us. Hallelujah. We will not walk in fear because God is with us. God is with us. And not only is he there in our times of fear, God is also with us through all our journeys of life. He's going to be with you through your, everywhere he leads you. He will feed you. He will walk with you. He will meet your needs. He's going to be there with you through all your journeys of life. As I look back in my life, I've seen how as a young boy, there are times I could have lost my life. He was there. The times we try to take our own life, he was there. The time after getting saved, you know, accidents and, and, and challenges and problems and God has kept us till this day. As I look back, in fact, I oftentimes, like Jacob in the scripture, you know, Jacob cries out in, in, in Genesis 35. He, Jacob says a powerful scripture in verse 2 and 3. 
Genesis chapter 35 verse 2 and 3. Jacob is saying, Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel and live there. And make an altar there to the Lord. That's, a, that's after Jacob ran away from his father and mother and from his brother. And ran from Laban. And you know, he was running all his life. He was scheming, he was planning, he was thinking. He got married to Rachel and Leah, had children. And now he has to run away from Laban. And he's coming and then God saves. He has to run away from Esau. And God saves him from Esau too after many years. And then God tells him, Jacob, after the fighting there at Peniel, and God makes him dependent on him. And God tells him, Jacob, arise. Go to Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. Arise and go to Bethel. Live there. Live there. And make an altar to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household, after encountering God, he's telling his household now, Jacob said to his household like this, he said, and to all who are with him, remove the foreign gods which are among you, and purify yourself and change your garments, and let us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me on the day of my distress, and has been with me wherever I have gone. People of God, Jacob is saying, the God who has been with me wherever I have gone. Wherever God takes you, God will go with you. Whatever circumstance in life you're going through, God is going to go with you. Whatever, if some of you have got married and you started a new life, you didn't know what was coming, but God has been with you through these years. God has been faithful in your life. And I want you to know God is going to be with you. The nearness of God is beautiful. Our God, Emmanuel, God is with us. In fact, He is excited to be with you. I want you to know, Church of God, that God is excited. He's not forced to walk with you. He's not. He's excited to be with you. Zephaniah 3 and verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst. A victorious warrior. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. God is excited to be with you. He's excited to be in your midst and he wants to dwell among you. That is why prophetically in Revelation 21 verse 3, at the end of age, prophetically it is written, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among the people. The tent of God is no longer in the wilderness in Israel. The tent of God is no longer in the temple in Jerusalem. The tent of God is among God's people. God is excited to dwell with you. God is excited to be with you. Just like a parent would be excited to see their children again. Oh, how God is excited. God wants to dwell. God is not looking just for a time of revival. God is not just looking for an exciting church meeting. God wants to dwell in you. He wants to dwell with you. He wants to be part of your homes. He wants to be part of your marriages. He wants to be part of your plans. He wants to be part of your future. He wants to be part of your finances. He wants to be part of your posterity. God wants to be part of everything in your life. He wants to be with you. What an honor that God of all creation. When I read that scripture, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you remember him? And when I think of the fact that God of all creation wants to be with us. 
wants to be part of our lives. I am so excited. And I believe God wants to make your life and my life a dwelling place. A place where he can come and dwell. Not just for a day or two, but till the end of age. Jesus said, behold, I am going to be with you till the end of age. He's not a God that will leave you and forsake you. He's not a God who's planning to come and go. He's a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. Emmanuel, God is going to be with us. You know, I can just imagine these 500 years of silence between the, the two Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament. 500 years, no word from God. And then suddenly the angel is coming. God is going to be with you. Some of you are struggling with the silence of God. I want you to know God is with you. Some of you are struggling, waiting for a word from God. And I want you to know God is with you. Sometimes people, when we go to meetings and prophets come and release prophetic word, like me, many of you would go to meetings like that and you wonder why only I didn't get a word. I want you to know God is with you. Hallelujah. He's your ever-present help in time of need. That's why He is giving you the Holy Spirit. He's saying, I, do, I, won't, I won't leave you orphan. I won't leave you alone. I want to fill you with the Holy Spirit. That everywhere you go, He will speak with you. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. The Holy Spirit will be there with you everywhere in every circumstance of your life. For me, I know the walk with the Holy Spirit has been life-changing for me. He's been, you know, as a family, we can testify, my wife can testify how God speaks to us, how God tells us about things and prepares us, you know, and tells us, do this, look this, because that's going to be there. Do like this, that, take this decision. When we pray, we ask God, what do you say about this? God speaks, say, and we take that decision. When we tell among us in the family, this is what God has spoken, or this is what God said. What an exciting thing to know that God is with us, that God is with us with every step of the way. We've come to the end of 2021. I don't want you to go into 2022 feeling you're all alone. I want you to know, get into 2022 knowing that God is with you. Hallelujah. God is with you. And just as God has been with you, I believe God wants you also on this Christmas season. You see, God being with you was actually God leaving home for you. You see, when you look at this, there was a, there's a story that I want to read as I close about a man called Bernie May. He was born in 1932 in America. It was, a, it was before Christmas that a missionary pilot delivered emergency medical supplies to an isolated village in the Amazon jungle. He was eagerly waiting to get back to his family for Christmas Day. Yet, as the evening grew dark, he couldn't fly the plane. So he made temporary arrangements for protection and laid down to sleep in a jungle. But then it began to rain, and which continued even until Christmas evening. The whole day had gone by, it was raining the missionary pilot felt depressed for being stuck in the jungle with no family, no fellowship. Oh God, he moaned. This is not the Christmas that I've been waiting for. I'm in the wrong place. God, why did you allow me to be in this jungle? As he lay there on a hammock, desperately homesick, he heard God speak to him. To his heart, God said like this, My son, this is what Christmas is about. Jesus left heaven. And on Christmas Day morning, he woke up in the wrong place, in the stable in Jerusalem. A God who should have been in heaven. Christmas was not about us going home for plum cakes and for good dinners and lunch. For Jesus, Christmas was about leaving home, leaving his glory, 
leaving the place where angels millions worship him leaving all of that and coming down to earth christmas was a mission christmas was a life beginning a mission the pilot was he was told by god he said jesus left heaven on christmas morning and woke up in the wrong place in bethlehem christmas means leaving home not going home the only begotten son did not come home for christmas he left home to be with you the pilot was filled with gratitude he waited alone for a few more days in the jungle before he returned to his family he was bernie may a missionary pilot of the wickliffe bible translators in 1954 after a powerful sermon on a sunday service rachel saint a uh, uh, a missionary to the amazon tribes asked people to join her in a jungle for missionary work specifically she needed a pilot and a secretary sitting in that baptist church was bernie may a recreational pilot and his wife nancy a trained secretary immediately in their hearts they knew that god was calling them together they committed their lives to ministry for the next 25 years bernie served as a missionary pilot transporting missionaries medicines and gospel literature in some of the toughest conditions he himself and only god knows how many times he escaped death flying a plane then since 1980 he began spearheading the wickliffe bible translators program in south america and has been instrumental in making the bible accessible to millions of people christmas was leaving home for jesus and i believe today god is also moving your heart and my heart and saying who will go for me who shall i send on christmas day you know our hearts are, are they willing to serve god as much as god is with us if god is with us then god's going to be with you and me on the rest of our journeys in life god's going to be with us on a mission journey god's going to be with us every city he takes us god's going to be with you everywhere your generations rise up and go that we will bless them and send them in the name of the lord god's going to be with you till your dying day it might be the amazon jungle it might be behind the iron curtains it might be in difficult circumstances but i want you to know god is going to be with you and with me shall we submit our lives to the lord even as we've come to this christmas season father we thank you for this precious precious day the god who's been with me through all my journeys jacob prayed and has brought us safely to this place to the house of god father you're the god that has been with us lord all through these years and some of them have been hard years painful years some for some of us it's been short years and the life is ahead of us we want to thank you father we want to say just like you sent your son on christmas day on a mission father we submit our lives and we're saying sent us lord sent us just like you sent jesus that wherever you go you'll send us lord that you would go with us and we know that you will be with us on all our journeys father in my life you've been there all these years and i know in the church you've been there all these years you've begun a good work in our life you'll be faithful to bring it to completion as in the day of the lord jesus so i bless the church even as we are preparing lord for a new year i bless the church to arise at this time and be filled with the holy spirit and joy to be used mightily in the years to come in jesus mighty name we pray everybody said loud amen 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 god bless you thank you for listening to this sermon for more sermons please do visit us at wscc.in